0: Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, the indoor training video gaming road to fitness. Used famously by riders in the pro peloton, Zwift is changing the game for indoor training. Structured workouts, group rides, races over endless kilometers of road. Get after your fitness training goals with Zwift. Learn more at Zwift.com to start your free seven-day trial.
1: Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast, and we are now back on the road after a, a full day of laundry uh, with uh, Dave. We'll talk about this in a minute, but before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, stream or download or even subscribe uh, to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash tdf, and also uh, scheduling a ride or checking out the SBS rides on a Zwift. Joining me, and I've already said his name, but that's Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I am very good. i um... Yeah, I'm very good. I'm a little bit disappointed. I expected more from this stage. Okay, we'll talk about this first of all. It smells fresh. We had a good day in the laundry. Look, it was a tough day. Uh, Halfway through our
2: second load of washing, I was wishing that I'd um, chosen to go to the Sky Team Presser. I thought I'd I'd got out of um, doing some work. We actually did some work anyway, didn't we? Inside the laundry. And if you haven't seen it, make sure you go to the Cycling Central website, the podcast rest day one we filmed inside. Um, But no, no, all in all, it was a nice day. We recuperated. Uh, you caught up with another best friend, I think. I I don't know. You're up to no good. You are up to no good. Uh, Shh. I don't know <laughs> what it is, but yeah, yeah, you're up to no good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, anyway, we are now in Luchon uh, for uh, the first stage in the Pyrenees. And you say you were a bit disappointed by the, the stage. Is it because Yates didn't win it or is it disappointed overall?
2: Yeah, no, good point. I was actually thinking of that we didn't see any of the general classification riders attack each other up that final climb. There was a bit of a stalemate, and I'll use that um, uh, slogan again. It was a Mexican standoff, if you like. And disappointed for Yates and Mitchelton Scott as a whole because they've sort of had their backs to the wall a little bit things haven't gone their way you know first we had luke Durbridge darryl Impey came down in in a big crash they were they were pretty stiff and sore for a couple of days and you know what they sort of had to hide in the peloton and then of course uh we had damien house crash out two days ago the day before the rest day in a real non-event crash he crashed on the last corner coming into the finish line and they were sprinting for 12th place and you know damien With no disrespect, but he's not a sprinter, so you know, it wasn't, it was just bizarre how the crash happened and and he that took him out of the race. And then you get Adam Yates, the team bounces back, they're like, Right, he looks like he's almost set to win the first day in the Pyrenees, and he crashes. So, but the the sport can be like that, it can be, you know, it can be cruel and. Sometimes it's got to be cruel to be kind, you know, and it keeps them waiting another day before, and no guarantees for Mitchell and Scott if they
1: get their stage win. So let's recap, first of all, on, on this stage as well, because uh, you mentioned Yates' crashed, but before that, uh, someone passing by with, uh, this podcast is almost live, you know, we have someone passing by with a huge that's making as much noise as he can. Anyway, uh, Lee, that's my rant for today. <laughs> before before Yates had this crash, we had another very worrying crash with Philippe Gilbert that went over the edge, over a little brick wall, brick wall in a descent that is bearing uh, in a horrible crash with uh, uh, Casatelli, yes. um, and, and, and where Casatelli died actually on that on that crash. It was very worrying to see Gilbert going over, the, over that wall. I was, uh, I must say, I mean, as a, as a former rider and,
2: you know, I'm used to seeing crashes and I don't always go, oh, gee, you know, you're used to it. It's, and nine times out of 10 and even more, they pick themselves up they do break bones but they're okay but they they're okay i was actually a bit concerned for gilbert just because the wall that he went over you could not see over the other side you could not see how far down and to me it looked a lot further down than maybe what it was it looked potentially 20 30 meters and i just thought and there were trees i thought forget about whether he's got a helmet on he could have seriously done some damage he got back up he was sore and he actually looked like he'd had the wind blown out of him a little bit. He, but he gave he turned to the camera and gave a thumbs up and that was, a, that was just at least good to see that. I think as you get a bit older, <laughs> maybe maybe I'm getting a bit soft in my older age, but yeah you do, you do care about the riders and, and their safety.
1: He didn't turn up to the mix zone, though, because uh, I think the the team decided not to uh, not to bring him to the team zone. Should we be worried about this, or is it kind of normal after such a big crash and a big effort to just join uh, uh, the finish line that he, he can be excused for coming to the mix zone, even though he got the the price for combativity today?
2: Uh, no, I think I think he wanted to get back to the bus to pop the champagne with uh, Philippe. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm only joking. I'm making light at the moment. He's he is he probably was sore and that cheer is for me thank you folks i'm here Uh, yes he's done his laundry (laughs) (laughs) we're not sure well, they've opened the back of a
1: van. I know what it is. It's Laurent Jalabert that is doing his show uh, on RTL, the French radio. Yeah, that's why. That, yeah, that's what I was thinking. She they love him, don't they? Look at that. As yeah. we do, they do they realise we're trying to do our <laughs> high quality show just over the top? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Gilbert, we should should we or shouldn't we be worried uh, about uh, about his, his, uh, how he's feeling in and, and the next few days because we have some tough days, including tomorrow, a very tough stage. We'll talk about it in a minute. Should we be worried about uh, Gilbert so far?
2: concern for him a little bit yes he'll he'll get looked at it was his leg i think that was the most damaged but he did do some he took a little bit of skin off his shoulder as well or his elbow so he's tough i mean it's just you know you never know you never know as we saw with damien Housen, he i don't think he broke anything damien Housen, but he just was not able to can start the stage uh the next day so i think he damaged something in his hand yeah so we'll see where she'll be he got through the stage that's a good sign and It was a little way to go. It was a fair way to go still. So the good news is he's
1: ridden quite some distance to get to the finish. And if uh, that stage wasn't interesting enough, uh, because I think uh, other things happen, Uh, some farmers wanted to uh, protest. The police moved in, pepper sprayed the the farmers, but the pepper spray stayed in. And you know who? (laughs) That wasn't even a joke. It wasn't the
2: protesters either, by the way. (laughs) Or was it? (laughs) Uh, You know who they needed? They needed the badger.
1: Absolutely, to sort
2: this out. Yeah, bring back, come on, you know, old farmer, farmer from uh, uh, Brittany, to come back and say, come on, guys, get off the road. Let's just share a bottle of red and,
1: you know, sort it out. He's not here. Maybe the Badger sent them out there. (laughs) He was getting bored with the stage. Yeah, they decided to, uh, instead of uh, spraying Channel Number 5, they went for Yves Pepper Number (laughs) 3. Yes, and it worked, because the riders that, literally, there were 20 or 30 riders
2: that really had some had some spray in their eyes and had to splash them out. Heinrich House was one of them, the Australian. Uh, so too Peter Sagan. There was quite a few others. So look all in all, those things happen and I don't think we should be too frustrated by it. It's it's, you know it, it, I'm sure the farmers, and I mean it sincerely, farmers around the world, geez they've got a tough gig and they use the bike race as a way to protest and, and that's what we're in an open air an event our sport you know we're not
1: in a stadium and unfortunately sometimes things like that happen absolutely let's talk about the cycling as well because uh, we have a winner uh, another double winner stage on this Tour de France I mean we start counting and there are many uh, riders that have won two stages in the Tour de France Julian Philippe, first of all let's listen from him uh, Julian
3: good fortune good luck for you very difficult for Adam Yates yeah
0: yes for sure
1: it's never nice to to crash on the last uh, kilometers you know, uh, have t- when I saw him uh, when he was back uh, on his bike, I want to wait him. Uh, he was uh, close to me, but uh, he never come back because he was maybe scared uh, after the crash. It's never nice. After I decide to go full gas to the line, and uh, I have no word after uh, such a hard day, I'm really really happy. Victory today, Polkadots. Uh, still, has a, how are you feeling? I really enjoy one more day. It's uh, really nice. So that was Julian Alaphilippe a bit lost for word. I mean we came at the at the end of the uh, uh, of the interviews there uh, tired, very tired but very happy. He's still in Pokedo Jersey and we only have two mountain stages to go. He's
2: a big yeah, he's a big chance, isn't he? Uh, it'll depend how he pulls up obviously the next 2-3 days. Remember we've got the mountain stage short one coming up. That's the next stage. Then there's a flat stage, then the other Pyrenean stage. So it's, it's yeah, it's a little bit different to other years where you just have the mountain stages all together. Um, Tomo asked me an interesting point on the live TV. He said, can he be a general classification rider in the future? And I said, I don't always like to, to say that out loud about these young riders. Not that it puts pressure on them all there because they're all listening to our pod, of course. But um, I, the jury's out. Wouldn't it be exciting, though, the prospect, just to talk to, discuss it, the fact that will he be the next French hope after Roman Bardet? You know, will he develop into a general placement rider? He's been around a few years already as a pro, but he's still only young. And if he does win the polka dot jersey here, and I know more and more it's won in opportunist moves, and that's how he's got that lead, but... Gee, he's,
1: he's riding like a trooper, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, of course, Geraint Thomas is still in yellow. I'm saying, of course, because we are getting seriously used to this. Let's listen to uh, Geraint Thomas. Geraint, um you've never been in yellow this deep in a Tour de France. I mean, as we say in Australia, how's the serenity? How are you feeling? Yeah, really good. So far, so good, I guess. It's uh, you know a massive honour to be wearing the jersey. I've been really enjoying it. And uh, every day has been a big bonus. And uh, yeah, but I think tomorrow is going to be a decisive day. What happened with the uh, tear gas incident? Did it get into your eyes? Yeah, a little bit, but uh, it was unfortunate that it was still around when we came through. But uh, yeah, I had a bit of a tingle in the eyes and the back of the throat, but used some water to to give him a good wash or whatever, and uh, it was okay, it didn't affect me.
3: Tomorrow's stage, how have you prepared specifically? Will you you do a long, long warm-up beforehand?
1: Yeah, we'll have to be ready for the start for sure. Um, Treat it like a bit of a time trial, I guess, and
3: uh, yeah, just be ready for a lot of attacks.
1: Uh, so that was Garen Thomas that actually said that uh, uh, he's happy, but he also got caught out in this uh, uh, pepper pepper spray uh, incident. Um, yeah, Garen Thomas still in yellow. Like I said uh, just before the interview, we're getting seriously used to uh, seeing yellow on him. He even has uh, yellow shoes. Yes. He seemed tired and very subdued today. And what we need... Ah.
2: What's that? Ah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And what we need to sort of remind our listeners is that He's not obviously not used to being in yellow, this deep, but with that comes the extra hour of interviews, doping control, before you can change out of your clothes, have a shower, get in your team bus or the team car and get back to the hotel. You're an extra hour and a half. Chris Froome hasn't had to
1: do that once. Does that change as well the way they cool down? Because uh, Garon Thomas is cooling down on the podium and on the chair talking to the journalist. Froome is co- he's cooling down the way he wants.
2: A little bit. He would be doing... He'd have the bike in behind the, the, the podium. Uh, not maybe every day, but the days he'd want that, he would. He'd be on there. And, and sometimes they make you wait in the mix zone for interviews because they're on the rollers on the wind trainer warming down. So, But it's just that extra hour and a half. It makes you more tired. You know, it's, an, it's a natural thing. Chris Froome, he'd, in a lot of ways, he'd be loving life because he'd be like, oh, I'm doing less interviews. Once I disappear on the team bus, I'm done you know, I'm not that extra hour and a half. Chris Froome is used to spending an extra hour and a half.
1: And Chris Froome, a little bit told me, refused to shake your hand at the beginning of this tour. Uh, So is that an interesting fact? That is an interesting fact, not because he doesn't
2: like me. I I think I have a good rapport with Chris Froome. No, but we've got a theory behind it. Yes, we have. We certainly have. And I'm glad you brought it up because we, we were discussing it today. He... It's all about the, the hygiene. And the first, before the tour started, the opening press conference, I saw him and he said, oh, g'day, mate, how are you going? I said, good. I said, how are you going? Put my hand out to shake. And it was a little bit awkward. He went clenched fist and he went, oh, let's do the old uh, smash potato. I was like, okay, then. That's a bit weird. And then I saw, I've seen it with a few other people who know him, reporters who know him, you know, on a certain level, and he's not shaking anyone's hand. And I think was it you or someone else said about wanting to do a selfie. And
1: yeah, that's me. That's me. Uh, someone said uh, it was a bit of an awkward position to take a selfie. Someone said, "Hey, can you grab the phone?" And he went, "No, you take, you take." <laughs> so it's a little bit.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, ge- I guess they can't. They don't want to take any risks at all. If, if you know, I, I um. No, I won't say what I might have done with my hands. <laughs> I trust. I promise you, they're clean. My hands are clean. But um, anyway, it's yeah. They're just they're they're absolutely analysing down to the one percent, every
1: one percent, to to make sure that their riders are fit and healthy every day. Absolutely. Okay, we take a short break. Uh, Maka, you stay here uh, because straight after this, I think uh, there's an old mate of yours that's popping into the podcast. He is an old mate. Look forward to chatting to him. Don't go anywhere.
0: Where can you go for a group ride that numbers in the hundreds? Or train for a Fondo with friends across the globe? Day or night, there's a massive peloton on Zwift. If you're a fan of this podcast, you've heard us raving about it. Zwift has revolutionized the way we ride, and it's made indoor training more than tolerable. It's actually made it quite fun. Explore hundreds of kilometers of road with your mates in real time. If you're watching the tour, and why wouldn't you be watching the tour? you'll recognize Alpe de Zwift. The mountain matches up to Alpe d'Huez, one of the most famous climbs in the tour, meter for meter. Get Zwifting with seven days free at Zwift.com. Uh, welcome
1: back to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Maka, I think we have uh, now a guest in, uh, in our podcast. He's an old mate, not that old, but you go back a long time with him. Well, he's a bit older than me, actually, but you've
2: managed to look after yourself. Matt Stevens, we were teammates at Linda McCartney. Now, the first question I've got are you still a vegetarian?
3: <laughs> no, uh, I think I stopped being a vegetarian the day I stopped racing for the team.
2: <laughs> I think, yeah, when our wages didn't get paid, that was it for me. I was back on the meat.
1: Were you beat on sausages or fake sausages?
2: Well, this is, I don't know if you remember this. At one year, the year I was living in Belgium, this is, I'm not joking. Every month, without failure, I'd be away racing. My wife would be there. Two two men of the older generation would turn up in a beat-up old van full of frozen Linda McCartney frozen food. I mean full. We had to buy one of those huge chest freezers, and I'm not joking. You know, obviously, we were pro-athletes. We were trying to have a fresh food, good diet. My wife started giving it away to the um, uh, one of those houses, you know, the... the homeless houses as food. Even they got sick of it. After about a week, they're like, have you got anything else other than spaghetti bolognese? Because, you know... We just want some different food.
3: It's totally true. I mean, I, I didn't, I've didn't. i never heard that story. But yeah, we had a big van turn up at my house every month with this, this kind of polystyrene, almost like a coffin, yes. full of fake bacon. Facon is what it's known as. <laughs> uh, yeah, spaghetti bolognese. And our fridge was too full. So we had to give it away to the neighbours who often refused.
1: <laughs> Stories of all days. I, I, could, I could... I could... Yeah, amazing. Uh, <laughs> Those were, were good days. were
3: good days. I mean, I, I was rooming with you when... Remember when you won that yes. stage? I mean, we won't talk too much about it, but... It was it was amazing, but we got some good memories us too. Good memories.
2: Yeah, well, you know the last thing he said to me before we drifted off, or well, he drifted off, he goes, "You bastard, you've just won a stage this,
1: Jira, you bastard."
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and,
1: and, and, and he's still uh, getting the reaping the rewards of it, oh, you know, I'm milking it, milking it. <laughs> well, like, why not? Well, know, not yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk cycling, uh, British cycling, and this is why we really want to talk to you on this podcast uh, uh, today two British riders at the pointy end of the Tour de France. That's one amazing. How is is it received back in the UK? What's the vibe? Tell us this. Yeah, I mean, obviously,
3: I've been on the Tour since day one, just like you guys. So it's actually quite difficult to get a sense of the actual atmosphere at home, apart from what I see exactly the same things as you, as to social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. But um, from just reading the press and speaking to a few friends at home, I mean, uh, and looking at, especially on outdoors, the amount of Welsh flags out on the road, and just... We, we, we drove up out the ways. I rode up out the ways in a couple of the climbs. There's a lot of support for Geraint. You know, he's uh you know as much as. We like Froome. I think Geraint is a little bit more... He's more of like the people's kind of champion. And I think there's more sway towards him potentially wanting... what The Brits kind of want Geraint to win more than Chris, in fact.
1: So is it due to the fact that we can attach Geraint Thomas to Wales? And Chris Froome, we're not too sure if he's English or or from Kenya. And is he more British? Is there some sense of this as well or not?
3: Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Uh, I mean, Chris is, is obviously British, but you could argue, is not quite as British in a traditional sense uh, as Geraint. I mean, and Geraint is, he's come up through the, the traditional club scene in the UK, you know, where he's ridden on the track as a kid and uh, he's gone through the, Brit- the British Cycling Academy then onto Team Sky after just a couple of years of Bala World and uh, he's got where he is today through the system and that system includes the traditional scene which we can all identify with. So I think, him as a person and looking at his kind of pathway to where he is now kind of resonates just a little bit more with the British public. How close, how close
2: uh, do you get to Team Sky in terms of intel? Because I guess what all the other networks and all of us here really are trying to work out is, what is the strategy? Is is Frumi suddenly going to attack today, take three minutes, like he did in the Giro? I know it's a different scenario. Or do you think deep down they're keeping their cards close to their chest, but deep down he's going to work for Geraint in the, in the Pyrenees? Or what's the story?
3: It's, it's a really difficult one. I mean, yeah, I know Rod Ellingworth very, very well. You know, I had dinner with him the other week. Uh, I know Dave reasonably well. Uh, I'm getting to know Geraint, but they are playing their cards really, really close to the chest. They're not letting anything out. Um, trying to get a sense, you know, when you interview a rider and you speak off the record with him, trying to get a sense of reading between the lines. Um, but what I can sense, just from the way that Geraint is riding his bike, and some of the interviews and some of the little kind of just little facial tics facial expressions the kind of nuanced body language. He wants to win this Tour de France.
2: It's it's human nature, isn't it? Yeah,
3: but he's saying the right things and I get that because uh, it takes a little bit of pressure off because it puts a bit of pressure back on Froome But can you imagine now? I know they do get on well behind the scenes But clearly there's a there's a fire in the heart of both of those riders Uh, But how that's going to play out on the road and ultimately who is going to call the shots really remains to be seen I I really can't call it at the moment because I think you could argue for both. For me, I think it'd be I think it'd be good for Team Sky if Geraint Thomas wins this Tour de France from a political perspective. And a marketing, a PR perspective, wouldn't it? I- exactly. Uh, and that's taking nothing away from Chris Froome at all. I think Chris Froome next year, 2019, could go on to win another Tour de France and Geraint could go and be team leader at the Giro, for example, because Geraint, let's face it, isn't going to win five tours, I don't think. No. But he could win one and this could be his chance. And I think if that's taken away by a decision other than something that happens out on the road, mano a mano, i use that again, I think it'd be a big, big
1: shame. Mm. Yeah, and he could actually play in disfavor of Team Sky because they, they could, he could be seen as, oh, they let Froome win again and the man of the people is not winning. He's been robbed.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really think that's what they, they don't want to let happen. I um, spoke to Geraint a few days ago and uh, he said the same thing on the, online. He said, "We can't be seen. We can't race each other. It'd be stupid, and other riders could profit. I mean, you've still got some class riders, you know, not too far behind, although they've got a reasonable gap. Dumoulin is always very, very dangerous, and of course, of course, G is riding at this level in uncharted territory. But we know how good Froome is in the deep into the third week.
2: And so then, uh, I guess a question to follow on from that: Let's say, let's say it's status quo. They come out of the Pyrenees, and it it can happen. They could stay on the same time. They go to that penultimate TT, 35 kilometres, Dumoulin." He's arguably the best in the world at the moment against the clock in a single day. Can he pull one minute fifty?
3: It's a good good question because, again, at the mix Zone the other day, I said to Geraint, I said, Geraint, would you have ever imagined that you could quite possibly in a few days' time, assuming things remain as they are, be facing off against your teammate to win the Tour de France? And he said, no, but it will be the ideal situation. Because then there's, there's no doubt they cannot, it's just one man against the other. And of course, Tom de Moulin in the mix. Arguably at the moment, three of the finest time trialists yeah. of a generation in the world facing off to win to win the Tour de France. And, uh, and Geraint's the British champion. He's getting better and better at time trialing. He's not gonna be too far away. I think if he if he starts the final time trial with the yellow jersey on his back, believing he can win with pretty much the nation behind him, it's gonna be hard to beat.
1: I've got another and last question. Uh, Guillaume Thomas comes from track cycling. Uh, Wigo came from uh, track cycling. Do you have any tips on who is coming up from the British track cycling that we may see on the Tour de France in the next five, seven years, Coming through? Are these young guys? Is there a pattern there or not? I, th- I think um, one of the riders
3: you need to definitely watch out. You would have heard of him, but I don't. He's done a little bit of track. Is Tom Pidcock? You know, who the junior time trial champion of the world. He won the elite uh, criterium championships in the UK. Uh, he's riding for the Wiggins team at the moment, and he is prodigiously talented. And there's and there's also a young rider whose name escapes me on the academy who won the junior Paris Roubaix. This is another British rider. We do have almost like this conveyor belt of talent coming through and it's because there's a system that's been in place now which was a pretty much a mirror of the the AIS academy like 20-30 years ago now which is reaping the benefits so there the talent pool is really really broad every single region in the UK now has talent scouts going to schools looking at the talent bringing them through and giving us this kind of really deep pool in in both male and female racing so uh, it is reaping the benefits. What's that guy's name again? Pitcock. Hang on, I'll just
2: message Shane Bannon because he's just—he's obviously stole the Yates boys and you would have seen that. So yeah, pitch,
1: hang on, Shane, I'll just... Yeah. I, think, I think Trek have been talking to Peacock already, <laughs> to be honest
2: with you, mate. You so might be a bit late there. <laughs> better get on to
3: it.
1: Thanks, Matt. It was uh, great to have you in the podcast and I know you're busy. Uh, enjoy uh, enjoy the rest of the tour. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. Uh, Matt Stevens, what a legend Matt Stevens is.
2: Yeah, he's a trooper. Look, and as you can tell, uh, our listeners, I'm sure, he's such a nice guy, a gentleman, and we did room together quite a lot, not just at the Giro, or tell you. And I find it cool that we are now both back working in the media at this great bike race, so good to see him. Would you have believed it 20 years ago? Oh, never, never, never in a million years. And Matt's come into the media side a little bit later. He is, I didn't want to ask him, he is about four years older than me, I think, four or five, Um, but he's only been into the media side probably five years now, I
1: guess, so, but he's doing really well for himself, so good to see He's an old true legend, you can check him out uh, everywhere on any uh, platform and social platform. Okay, let's talk about what's coming up uh, tonight on the uh, Tour de France. Uh, it's the, I was going to say the Queen stage, it's not a Queen stage, but it can actually be the, the Princess stage, uh, 65k, and what a boy of a stage we have ahead of us in the Pyrenees. You know what?
2: Let's make it, let's modernize it, and say it's going to be the most dynamic stage in this year's race, I think for sure and potentially for many, many years
1: previously. This is going to be amazing. It's this kind of stage, so let's let's, uh, recap what's happening. It's 65K stage, we've got three massive climbs. We can go into uh, uh, details into this. It's gonna be electric, it's gonna be pacey, and they start with uphill. And they will have a sort of great start. Like you could think about, we mentioned uh, 24 Hours du Mans or, or Formula One. Or, it would be per jersey, so very, very good for television. Is this the future of cycling? Well,
2: we'll, we'll make sure the stage is a success first. I, it's, it's going to be. It's going to be a good stage. 37 kilometers uphill. Actually, so half of it, more than half of it is uphill. More than half. And it's the high point of this year's Tour de France, the finish, to Saint-Larie-Soulon. The last time they finished here, 1981, drum roll, wait for it, Phil Anderson, the great
1: Phil Anderson, took the yellow jersey off Bernard Hinault. The badger. The badger, <laughs> the man, uh, the man, the badger. Uh, that's a, one, that's a long time ago they, since they finished in saint soulon but what an incredible story, what an incredible insight. I was six years old. Well, so I was a little bit older, um, uh, younger, maybe Uh, we
2: won't go there. Um, No, but that is really cool. And it is the high point, 2,215 metres to Saint-Lady-Soulon, Col de Porte, 16 kilometres, averaging 8.7%. I actually think this potentially could decide the bike race. I know I'm Jumping the gun with a TT to go and everything,
1: but it could decide the bike race. Well, if, if there is a problem on this sort of stage you can very quickly lose a lot of time because this is going to go fast up the up, up the climb.
2: Yeah, and because... And, and you might say, gee, it's only 65 k. Surely the leaders will all follow each other and mark each other. What happens, though, is in a 200km in a stage, like the one we've just seen, they wait and wait and wait. The team sets tempo, whereas 65km, you've got guys... Attacking like crazy at the start because it's only 65 kilometers. So a team like Sky This is going to be the hardest day for them I think to manage
1: and to then to hold that peloton together and, and keep check on all their main rivals uh, One major element as well is how warm do you come into that stage? The warm-up is going to be essential because they can't come cold They haven't got this hundred and twenty kilometers to warm up on the stage with a breakaway and so on. It's going to be on straight away. Uh, look, I'm I'm selling. I've set up a
2: market at the start. I'm selling Swift uh, um, uh, subscriptions. Yes, yeah, subscriptions <laughs> for the start, and punters can come in as well and warm up with the pros. Once but, a businessman, always a businessman, Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. But no, it's it's true that they will. All, I would say all teams, most teams will be warming up on wind trainers you know,
1: before, what, the 17th stage of the Tour de France. And it's something we don't really see anymore. I mean, we talked about it in this podcast before, but uh, in modern times, we don't necessarily see the team warming up fully before a stage. But to- tomorrow or today, today they will have to. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh no, it's,
2: it's, it is
1: going to be a brilliant
2: stage. And it is, you know what, it's made for everything because, like I said, dynamic, exciting, and it's made for TV, 65 kilometres, You are watching it from the beginning to the end.
1: You know, you have to. Sadly for our viewers, uh, the stage doesn't start earlier. It starts later, uh, meaning the finish is about at the same time. So don't think you're going to have an early night. You will not, but it will be a super interesting night. It'll be a... Well, you could say, oh, just get
2: out of bed early have an early start to your day because you, it's going to finish uh what at about uh yeah estimated well 5 30 it's around the same time so i think have a siesta but watch that watch the start from zero to 65 it'll be great
1: and fuel before and don't leave the couch or the catch peloton as we, we big shout out actually for the, the catch peloton don't leave that catch button to make your tour snacks you will not have time to cook just have the, have the sweets have the snacks ready and just enjoy and you know what to people, all you good people out there
2: that are listening, what I will say is now, you know I don't, I won't cross promote because we didn't have the coverage this year. But I was sneakily watching the Giro d'Italia earlier in the year, and I... oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at you, oh look at you, oh, right, right, oh, no. you'll keep, you'll keep. And, but, and and now you're you're all probably telling me to stop whinging, but it was one of the first times I've been back in Australia, so on Australian time zone, watching a European race. And I, you know, obviously I wanted to watch it. And uh, so what I did and what I do, what I've realized, I was just doing everything later. So I was having like a 10 p.m. dinner. So, so throw, throw it all out the window, peeps, in Australia. I know some of you are locked in. You got young kids. Oh, 6 p.m. dinner. Got to do it. Get the kids to bed. uh." Fine. Get the kids to bed. But cook your dinner later. Have a later dinner. You know, have your first beer at maybe nine PM, and then cook dinner. Cook up a big pasta feed, and then after dinner, you've got maybe half an hour before the stage comes on air. Go and have a shower, freshen up. You know, get into your favourite comfy
1: clothes. Bang, sit yourself down, and then you're good to go. And that's you not being patronising at all. <laughs> no, no, I'm just teasing you, mate. <laughs> okay, uh, so it's 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 it's. It's an amazing stage coming up. You will not want to miss it. Uh, certainly for us as well. We're going to have to rush up that mountain because we won't. We don't want to miss it as well. And that's going to be quite a bit of a logistical challenge as well for the for the whole crew, not necessarily for for us too, uh, but for the whole crew to move up that stage and move that the mountain to be there on time.
2: It will because well, we don't. We're we're still our producers still deciding whether to send one crew, camera crew to the start. I don't think it'll happen because it's so tight. Plus. Our compound, the TV compound, normally is on the finish line. It's actually 17 kilometres from the finish line. So there's every chance you and I will not get to see the finish of the race live, which we don't. We watch it on a monitor, or I do most of the time now. But we will not be physically on the finish line. We'll be 17 kilometres down the mountain. i would get my snacks ready then. Get your snacks ready, definitely.
1: Thank you, uh, Dave. It was uh, great to have you in the podcast. And uh, before we go, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to uh, this podcast. And again, uh, reinforce the idea subscribe to the podcast because then we get delivered to your ears straight away. You don't even have to uh, search for us. So subscribe on our website sbs.com.au slash TDF or uh, check out our friends at Zwift. They've got rides going through every day. I think it's every hour of the day. Uh, it's been a great podcast coming from Luchon and we are absolutely looking forward to the stage tonight. But until then, if you follow uh, Maka's advice, late shower, late dinner and we we'll see you there. Bye for now.
0: A quick shout out from our sponsor before we go. If you're looking for a new way to ride, without traffic or punches getting in your way, hop on Zwift. We use it, your cycling buddies probably use it, and the pros, they definitely use it. Zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience. Connect your PC, Mac or Apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world. And there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too. Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days riding around Watopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, Start your free trial on Zwift.com.